Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome into Inside Carolina's This Week in UNC Baseball. Head coach Scott Forbes. I am Tommy Ashley. That's Matt Clements. It's March the 20th. North Carolina... Uh, oh, yeah. Sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Can't forget the bill payers. <laughs> Coach Forbes, y'all uh, make a trip up to Pittsburgh. And uh, I don't want to say it was a wasted trip because it was a, certainly a good win. But, yeah, uh, you go expecting to play three, play yeah. only one, and freeze your rear end off in the process. Sort of walk us through that. Um, and as an aside, what is the ACC doing scheduling games up north in March? That last question, I wish I could answer. Um, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one and let the ACC decide how they want to answer that one. Um, and I probably look like I've been in the Bahamas, but my face is not tan as windburn. Um, you know, we just – I felt like our guys were really embracing the challenge that we had. That's the most disappointing part. Um, we had a good week. We went to Charlotte, won a game on the road. Always tough to do. Came back, played really well against High Point. We've been one of the few teams that have been playing five games a week because we can't play during exams. Our guys have embraced that challenge, and we knew it would be hard at Pitt. Um, it's hard to win on the road in this league, but even harder in those conditions. Started Friday night. Um, you know, we, we felt like we could have a window, and the weather forecast was, was off. They thought the rain was going to be gone, then it picked up, so we had to stop. And then we had a tough decision to make on uh, Saturday because the feel like was right around 28, and that's about the deadline, 28, 29, before you you don't want to get somebody hurt, obviously, because um, it's a long season. But we were able to finish that game, um, hoping we could play two, knowing that Sunday looked awful as far as temperatures went. Um, our guys jumped on them quick. I could tell, again, they were ready to play. Uh, we, 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 before we went up there, we just said, Hey, you know, it's going to be bad weather. You know, it's not going to be ideal. And the tougher team's probably going to come out on top. And we jumped them pretty good when we, when we continued and we scored four or five runs and Bovair was outstanding. Um, and that was hard to pitch. Now, let me tell you, I never thought I'd coach third base with a hoodie over my hard hat and a parka, but I, I didn't have a choice. And then woke up Sunday morning, we were hoping it would change and it didn't. And it was just, player safety and you know we got on the bus and came back instead of waiting on our plane so our guys could recover 
Let me ask you about, you mentioned Bovair throwing in there, and I don't ask you about Carlson and Bovair and the difficulty in pitching in the weather. Um, did that affect Max um, on Friday, or is he just in a in a little bit of a, a rut? And then the decision to pitch Bovair, did you feel like you needed to get him some work, however possible, this weekend, given the situation with the weather? Yeah, you know, um, I thought Carly – he got jumped against Virginia. Uh, his velocity was good, um, but he came out of the gate against Pitt. Now, he had been battle battling some – he'd been under the weather. He was sick against Virginia, and he had an ear infection, so it was taking him some time. But he just did not pitch well at Pitt. Um, the weather wasn't ideal, obviously, but it was even worse for Bo Bear the next day, and he pitched outstanding. So I don't think the weather had that much to do with it. Um, Carly's velo was down a little bit. He still feels great as far as his arm goes. Uh, so for him, it's just it's just like hitting. You know, sometimes you have a couple a couple games off, and he's one of our best guys. So we'll throw him a bullpen today and get him ready for this weekend. And with Bobear, really, it was more. Coach Gaines and I met uh, Friday night after that game got called, and we just said, as good as our guys are swinging it, we're going to keep scoring in this game. And it looks like we could potentially only play one game, and we sure don't want to get on a bus and go home without Bobear pitching. So we went into that one game saying we're going to throw Bovair if we need to win. We're going to throw Nap, and then we'll go the next game based on how that – we just want to get that first win. That's why we did that. And Bovair, you know, basically had a start and threw five complete innings, so that was really big for us. Yeah. So the Diamond Hills had another powerful week with the bats, and you had said that if somebody tried to sneak a fastball by Colby Wilkerson, he could get one. Did he get a fastball for his uh, first for his first home run? Yeah, he did, and and he uh, he's had great at bats all season. Um, a lot of walks, high on base percentage, but Colby's gotten stronger, and he especially right-handed. You know, that's his natural side. He's got some juice, um, and we've been working on in certain situations being ready to hit in your counts. Don't necessarily try to walk when they're runners in scoring position. He jumped that fastball, got it up in the air. That was a huge swing in the bat for us. I think he had five RBIs in that game alone. Um, and, and yeah, we feel like our offense is continuing to improve in all areas. That's the key, right? As the season moves along, you're just trying to get better and better and better. Um, it's a pretty dynamic offense, and we've got some options off the bench as well, so that's exciting. So, also, and then talking about stealing home runs, Vance Honeycutt hit ESPN, uh, number three, <laughs> stealing one, you know, just being a smooth criminal and getting up, getting up on the fence. Can you walk us through, you know, watching him rob another home run? You know, the most amazing thing about that play, which you didn't get to see, is the ball was hit, and he was pretty shallow, and he just turned and he sprinted. It wasn't like he was playing no doubles and playing up against the wall. He turned and sprinted, found the wall, made that catch in one, basically all in one motion. I mean, the kid just he, – he does something to amaze us every day, and everybody wants to talk about his offense because that's what they talk about in baseball, but – He's got to be the best center fielder in the country that saves the most runs. And, he, you know, that allows us to mix and match in left and right. But Casey Cook's also made himself into a really good corner outfielder. So that's been really neat for our team. Coach, when you look at those guys out there, and, and let's talk about Vance. I feel like we don't talk about him a lot because he's given. Um, but his – you know, you, you see players and some of them are just different and they just get it what have you seen from him in that regard? I mean, obviously he's a great athlete. He can hit, he can run, but there's something in between those ears that's different normally from your normal player. 
What is it with Vance? He's just so competitive. Um, and, I, and he's also got that trait. You know, we talk about all the time as a, as a team about hard work being a part of your character. And if it goes away, you know, the talent will wear off eventually and people will pass you by having just good old fashioned hard work. It's a quote from Tom Brady during that 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 uh, documentary he did, Man in the Arena and, and Vance. I mean, he works every day, um, you know, him and Matt, they all, we have a, a group that works, but, but to be that talented and to not be satisfied with where you are, to want to get stronger, to want to get faster, to want to improve your swing, to want to throw better in the outfield. Um, and he's very coachable. And I firmly believe the best are the most coachable. You know, I talked about Michael Jordan being a sponge as good as he was. And that's how Vance is. When you tell him something, he's going to listen, he's going to apply it, and he's going to try to make it, make him better. It's fascinating. It's kind of like the well-oiled machine will run by itself for a while, but you yeah. got to tend to it eventually. Let, let's go back to the pitching a little bit. You go up there, you, you lose 18 innings worth of work virtually against Pittsburgh. How do you manage? You, you mentioned Carlson's going to throw a bullpen. You've got a Thursday. You obviously play A&T tomorrow, Tuesday night, uh, but you've got a Thursday-Saturday series. How do you manage the bullpen to make sure those guys stay fresh because you'll need them? Um, without a doubt, this week in these four games. What's the plan there? Yeah, we met this morning, actually, and talked through the pitching because we just decided that tomorrow we need to, to pretty much label it a, a staff day. We are going to start Jake Knapp because he needs to get some work in. Um, as good as he's been throwing, the last thing you want him to do is go 10, 11 days without pitching. Um, and we could have just waited and maybe started him Thursday, but we felt like for this series – for getting the most out of our three pitchers, we need to stick with Carlson because he didn't throw that many pitches. He'll throw Thursday. Bowberry will throw Friday. And Knapp will throw Saturday. But to do that, to get Knapp ready, he'll start. And then we're going to try to get all of our relievers in. You know, we got to get AC in there. We got to get Sandy in there. We got to get Peterson back in there. Matthias, even Price. So we're going to try to get them all in there if we can in this game. And then if not, you know, the guys will get on the dirt and throw some pretty good bullpens on Wednesday, um, and you're just trying to keep them sharp. You also had to, you know, we looked this weekend at the weather and, uh, you know, there's a chance of rain on Saturday. So in your mind, you have to also be prepared to play three games in two days if rain is an issue on Saturday. Can you talk about uh, the role that Carter Hicks has with the Diamond Heels coming over from USA Baseball to be the director of player and program development for uh, the Diamond Heels? Yeah, Carter's awesome. He's been a huge addition. We've been trying to get this position for years. Our competitors have, have had it, you know, for a while, almost five years. Um, so we're very thankful that we have it now. We knew who we wanted to hire. Carter was a manager here. He's a Tar Heel graduate. He got huge experience with USA Baseball. Um, he, he worked his way up with USA Baseball. Um, he's a people person. He's a Tar Heel through and through, but he's a baseball guy. And he's a smart baseball guy. So he does a little bit of everything for us. You know, he's very involved with our analytics team. You know, he's very involved with me as the head coach um, and just the day-to-day -day operations of everything that we're doing that people don't know that goes on that go on behind the scenes. You know, getting kids admitted to school, um, summer school, getting the guys in here for summer school because our program, you know, there's a lot that goes into having a successful program, and that's starting these guys right off in summer school in the weight room, in the classroom, um, you know, he also helps a ton with with recruiting. 
and helping line up our visits and putting together a schedule when we're all going to be and who's where and what's our budget going to be like. So, um, you know, really he's a, he's a jack of all trades and we're lucky to have him back here. Yeah. When you talk about, you know, managing a roster, you know, and seeing like Reese Holbrook get his first start in a midweek and then getting a chance to start um, seeing his development and seeing other players development. Can you talk about how you, you know, you reward people for their, for their hard work and, and. Uh... Yeah. You know, I, the reward comes, you know, I wouldn't say that I reward them. Uh, I would say they reward themselves. You know, we tell our guys all the time, uh, you know, if you have a great attitude and you're a great teammate and you work hard, there's a good chance you're going to be rewarded. If you just work hard and it's all about yourself and it's not about the team, that baseball karma or sports karma is going to get you. So it always starts with being a great teammate and being on the mission of what the team is trying to do. And that's to have a successful season. We've got a lot of depth. Um, you know, Reese works his tail off, but so do a lot of our guys. Um, but he he brings you that speed dynamic. He's left-handed. He's made his, himself into an above-average outfielder. Um, but there's a lot of options on this team. You know, we were talking about it on the bus, and and we've got to start figuring out those options, which could also include Mac Horvath in the outfield. And sometime when Johnny completely gets his, you know, his movement back and he's about at 100%, he also, you know, he played third base all in the Cape, so he's capable of playing third base. So we've got some good options going moving forward. Let, let me ask you about that roster management and the nature that is 2023. Um, and these are conversations we could have in depth later, but just managing a roster, you've got 11 and a half scholarships. You've got a transfer portal. You've got guys that want to play that might not play. You have those hard conversations. When you have somebody like Carter coming in, uh, I mean, Mac's got his guy. Hubert probably could stand to have somebody managing just that portion of it, given what's going on. But, but how, how much has the game changed in that regard? And how do you keep up, even though you're North Carolina, which is a major brand and major program, you still have to have a plan to keep up because it's not just as simple as rolling the ball out, right? It's, it's really not. Um, you know, it's something I really started diving into more as an assistant coach, and I'm thankful I did, and Coach Fox really wanted me to. Um, you know, he knew that one day I was hoping to be a head coach, and he wanted to help prepare me for that. So I, I, I worked really hard with him in managing our scholarships. And it's hard um, because you really don't know. I mean, you're writing a check pretty much out of a checkbook that you don't know what the balance is going to be until the season is over, the draft happens, who's going to leave, who's going to stay, um, who's going to now potentially enter the transfer portal? Who do you want off the transfer portal? Um, but at the end of the day, you ha we all have 11.7. Where the game has changed in the last you know couple of years is NIL. Um, and it's gotten in baseball pretty heavily. So we're, we're starting to dive into that and learn about it and figure out, you know, we want to be competitive. And if you don't pay attention to it, you know, you're going to get non-competitive in the power fives. Um but that's something that as the head coach, that's my job, you know, to try to, to make, there's some tough conversations, there's some tough decisions, uh, but that's what comes along with 11.7. You know, it's not like football and, and basketball where every kid we offer gets a full. It's just not the case. Um, you know, we have to put together a competitive roster that usually includes at, at least, you know, 17 to 20 pitchers. 
and then you have to have talented position players and then you got more coming in you got you know you, your kids can also leave uh after their sophomore years if, if they're 21 by a certain time and sign professionally so there are challenges um it's just part of it until they make some changes what we're hoping as coaches is that they stop telling us how to spend our money the the minimum of 25 percent it just just it makes no sense whoever decided or voted on that in my opinion they haven't been coaching long enough because we should be able to take that 11.7 distribute it however we want and if there's an in-state kid that's dying to come to north carolina and you know it can help us by giving them less than 25 percent and they'll come for that we should be able to do that but it's a challenge and we're just i don't see the scholarship situation changing but i do see nil making its way into baseball just like it is basketball and football because baseball is America's sport. Yeah, I'd love to have that conversation one day down the road um, as as your program gets more into it. Um, let me ask you this, and, and this is sort of a baseball-related, and I want Matt to get into Duke here before we get out of here, but how much do you delegate? Roy Williams did everything for the basketball program. Uh, I think Mac delegates a ton. How much does Scott Forbes delegate? What's your day-to-day? <laughs> um, I'm getting better at delegating. I'm working on it. Um, it's probably not my best attribute, um, but that is something, you know, I, I firmly believe in what Nick Saban said. I just got done reading his newest book. Uh, delegation is good, but too much delegation will ruin your program. Um, at the end of the day, if you're the head coach, you have to know every single thing that's going on, in my opinion, even if you delegate it, you know, because it's going to come back to your desk. I do believe that you can't have success, sustained success without having great assistant coaches, number one, which I feel like we definitely have. They're loyal. Um, Brian Gaines, Jesse Wersbicki, Jason Howell, if I give them something to do, I don't have to look over my shoulder. And I have a hard time with that. Um, and, and I tell our guys, like, if I have to go back – you know, over time, if I have to go back and back, I'm going to find somebody else to do it because that's just not going to work. Same way with Carter, same way with Dave. And then we, we have a new position, Tyler Purrier left. He's a pilot now. And Daniel Wilkerson's here, and he's phenomenal. Um, so I do delegate, uh, but I also believe that even though I've delegated those things, I still need to know exactly what's going on in every, in every area, I guess is the best way to answer it. I would like to get a little bit better at it. <laughs> So, so how many hours – give me a number. How many hours do you spend a day on Carolina baseball? Waking hours. All of them? Every bit of them? I mean, mentally, they're, they're just not going to go away until you stop coaching. That's just <laughs> coaching, um, in my opinion. Um, if it doesn't – I think it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. I think coaches that are consumed with it, it's a good thing. Um, but I, you just have to learn to manage it. You have to learn to manage your, your family time. Um, you know, I've got, I have an unbelievable coach's wife in Mandy and then my two daughters, they're, they're huge supporters of, of what I do. They love being at the baseball field and they, you know, they, they work with me because they know sometimes at the dinner table, I may ask the same question three times <laughs> on a Wednesday night. If we've got Duke on Thursday night, because I'm thinking about their lineup or whatever, but um, you, you learn to manage it as you, as the more you do it, in my opinion. Talking about the answer is it's, it's a lot of time. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's time, but it's my biggest thing, you know, Tommy is, is the players. I don't want to look back and, and feel like I let them down 
Um, so a lot of my time as I get older is spending is thinking about the players that are here, making sure everything else that you have to do that you have to do that takes you away from them. So I try to get those were the extra hours are spent for me to make sure when I walk downstairs today at two o'clock that my undivided attention is on them and them getting better in our season. Talking about the season, I mean, a huge offensive team, you know, showing up at the Bosch, you know, in Duke this weekend. Can you give a scouting report on them and, and what, what you expect to see out of the Blue Devils? Now, Matt, you know, we do play tomorrow night. Oh, yes. We, we got to take care of A&T first. You know, <laughs> it's Park at the Bosch. They just beat Northeastern, who's a really good team. So we've got to prepare for them, and then we'll move to Duke. Um, obviously, as the head coach, I have watched Duke. I watched – our flight was supposed to be at 8.30 last night, but once we got canceled at 8.30 a.m., we hopped on the bus and got back at 7 p.m. instead of getting back at 1 a.m. Um, so I spent seven hours watching ACC games, and I watched the whole Duke-Clemson game. Um, they're physical. Uh, they've got a lot of power. We also have power. Got some power on the mound. Um, they got some older guys. Uh, they'll play well. You know, that's just our league. You know, these rankings, you can throw them out the window. Look at BC. I, I looked at them, you know, before the season. I'm like, I think they might have a pretty good team. Duke's going to be the same. They've got an unbelievable arm going at us on Thursday night. Um, Santucci, I think he's a future big leaguer. It's a big left-handed arm. Uh, so we'll have our challenges. Uh, you know, we're going to have to not give them extra outs. And again, it's the same thing. Like I always say, we're going to have to pitch it well. Uh, and whoever does those little things better in a series like this will win the series. That is head coach Scott Forbes. This has been This Week in UNC Baseball with head coach Scott Forbes. North Carolina coming off a, a one-series win. Would those games <laughs> be rescheduled? No. Is there, so no, that's the thing that stinks. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen at the end of the, end of the ACC season, but they're going to affect both of us in some way, shape, or form. Um, but you got to move on. And I, I actually thought about that, Tommy, last night. I was like, okay, there's two games. I like to play 56. I'm old school, so I'm I'm hunting right now to find two more games. I don't care who they're against. I don't care if it's us getting on the bus and going and playing another really good team. I just want to fill those games, but we can't we can't make them up in the ACC. Yep, it's always good to be one and zero though, rather than zero and one in it. So handled business in that regard. We'll be looking for schedule updates down the way. Johnny T-shirt, Johnny T-shirt dot com. Our sponsors. That's Matt Clement, I'm Tommy Ashley, and as always, the head man, Scott Forbes. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, guys. Have a good day and a good week. Yep, thank you. Too. Thanks. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.